I'd like to offer a slight glimpse behind the curtain for, for people that listen to this program. And I mentioned the other day, especially today being Valentine's Day, and Kevin, you mentioned, you know, we feel the love in here. It is true. I mean, look, last night at the Pacer game, people like Brandon came up. Um, I think sometimes, like any other job, you you, you kind of get confused, or, you know, confused is the wrong word. You you go through the motions and you, you forget to stop to kind of recognize what it is that we do. Um and I have to remind myself that living here in Indianapolis where I grew up and, and talking about sports and doing so that allows kind of a, a freedom of livelihood is, uh, you know, it means the world to me. And it's because people do go through the effort to listen to it. So it is very much appreciated. And I hope that everybody has the most spectacular Valentine's Day um, celebrations today and, and certainly understands the gratitude that we have that you listen to the program as I'm talking to you this morning. I'm inside this studio with Monument Circle behind me, which is fantastic. And then I looked down at one point, and I noticed that I'd never seen this before, and I was very impressed by it and a little bit alarmed, but mostly surprised by it. Um, you're wearing Cheetos socks. Uh-huh. Yep, Cheeto socks today. What, I have it, Cheez-It socks as well. I have Pringles socks. Other things I love. Do, do you? Is there a place? Do you buy, like, snacksocks.com? Where... where you know, honestly, a great place to go to for little, uh, some might call them like trinket type things uh, near the checkout. Sullivan's has a ton of those items. Really? I, um, yes, I oftentimes will go there and um, look at the socks section. And it has become a bit of a kind of a theme within the family. A of, tiller and a pair of socks? Sure, right? Yeah, you know, let's make sure we've got a couple screws to get that board back on the wall. And then let's, uh, you know, get a pair of uh, Pringles socks. Have so, you been to the sock place in Nashville? No, I'm not familiar. Like in Brown County, obviously. When I was a kid, we would always go. Do you ever? You guys ever do like it? You know, in October, like the day all the leaves are turning, everybody goes to Nashville. Yeah, beautiful time of year. Uh, when I was a kid, Johnny's sports nostalgia was the absolute best. I loved it. I would go in there and look at baseball cards and sports stuff all day long, and that's no longer there. But the you got the old general store. Or what's or I'm sorry, like the drugstore restaurant place, you know what I'm talking about in, in Nashville. I don't even know what it's called. Like right off forty six? It's like right on the main street in Nashville. Like once you get into Nashville, Indiana, like into Brown County, there's the it's it looks like an old drugstore, but it's a cafe. It's a or a, a restaurant. But across from that, anyway, there's a sock place, and you can buy, like, every sports team known to man. But they're, like, super comfortable socks. Sounds like a trip I need to make. I have a pair of Seahawks socks. I have a pair of White Sox socks, which are actually gray. I have Wyoming. I have Kansas. I have IU. I have Purdue. I've got them all. You walk into a gas station right now, Cheetos, Pringles, or Cheez-Its. Oh, I got to go Pringles. And the little can of Pringles, are you kidding me? Oh, but perfect, perfect size. The barbecue, uh, Cheetos. You need a napkin or two. You know, you're gonna have a little a little residue left on the end of your fingers, and that can be a bit awkward. Yeah, the for me, if I'm going Pringles into a gas station, chili cheese Fritos are still the greatest yeah. stack ever made. You might need the key to the outdoor bathroom after the chili cheese. Oh man, let me tell you, Fritos, love them. Uh, I will echo what you said earlier, and you know, the few times I do get asked to. You know, speak to a class or a group of people. Uh, a frequent statement I make is, I am beyond lucky to do what I love. So thank you for everyone out there providing that opportunity for myself and Jake and Mark and I. Hobnob restaurant, daily by the way. Basis. My mom 
texting in hobnob. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to Karen Query. That's right. Out there and to all of our listeners. Happy uh, Happy Valentine's Day to my mother. Happy birthday <laughs> out know. there. Well, it's a busy week. Got anniversary coming up. So uh, happy Valentine's Day, mom and dad out there. By the way, is Teddy Valentine still with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The official. I don't know if he's. Well, I feel like he was doing a Notre Dame game recently. We could use him tonight in Cameron, by the way, for the Irish. You want Teddy reffing your games in the road? I think Ted is retired, is he not? Believe he is. He's done 10 Final Fours, 28 NCAA tournaments, and was the Naismith College Official of the Year in 2005. 2005, uh, he called 14 fewer fouls than he did against Indiana versus Duke in the 92 Final Four. (laughs) Isn't that funny? 20-some years later. It's still 30 years later. That's still like... Oh, man. I mean, that's like a very relevant thing for IU fans oh, to, to bring up. I was there, man. So are you kidding me? It was the most devastating... I, I thought about this the other day, Kevin. If you could take... This is a convoluted question. Indiana won has won three national championships You know, in the modern era. 76-81-87. If you could take any one player off of any of those three teams to put them on this year's Indiana team, would you do that to try to win a national title? Or if you could take any one player off this year's team and put it on one of Bob Knight's teams that didn't go, that would put them over the top? I think this is a absolutely terrific topic. If I can, I'll call an audible because, Mark, you want to play some breaking news, Sounder? There we go. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So in the uh, bingo lottery, what did we predict would be the tweet from the Colts? I think I was pretty close right here with the four-word tweet. We got our guy. It is official. The Indianapolis Colts have hired Shane Steichen pen to paper there at 37 years old like we said the youngest head coach in the history of the Indianapolis Colts and we'll keep you posted on an announcement via a press conference I assume and I don't want to speak for our station but I guess I am I'd assume we would carry that press conference live uh, believing that it will occur today so this was the guy they wanted from the get-go, right? Isn't that what they're going to tell us? Regardless? This is our guy. We got our guy. That is the exact phrase from the Colts tweet on that. Again, Steichen interviewed twice. Most recently was last Saturday, not just four days ago. Obviously, he's getting ready for the Super Bowl but before that. So, uh, Shane Steichen, 37 years old, the history of the NFL. It actually, I think one of the interesting parts of his resume, Jake, this shows you the type of intellect – Shane Steichen has. His first job at the NFL was with Nerv, Norv Turner coaching defense. So the connection with Norv Turner and Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen was a head coach at UNLV, or excuse me, a quarterback at UNLV. Norv Turner's son, Scott, was also playing at UNLV during a similar time. Shane Sykin clearly left an impression on Norv Turner, a very accomplished NFL head coach, to the extent that Norv Turner wanted to hire Shane Sykin, not to coach quarterbacks, not to be on the offensive staff, but to be a defensive assistant. I think that's just a little glimpse of 
the impression as a 21, 22-year-old college player that Shane Steichen made for North Turner. Uh, Shane Steichen, obviously, as we had mentioned, went to UNLV. He has spent the majority of his upbringing or life on the West Coast or in the West Coast areas, but has moved around circuitously within the NFL. He has worked with various quarterbacks, uh, notably Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and as we have mentioned, that gives him kind of a versatility of the style of quarterback with which he can work. But again, Kevin, and I have to myself keep reminding myself of this crutch and this hurdle. He is not being hired as the offensive coordinator. You know, he is being hired as the head coach. Obviously, he has great offensive influence, but and that will certainly help him. One would think, as you had talked about with Gus Bradley, do we have that audio, Mark, from earlier where – I do, yeah. When the Philadelphia Eagles came to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, Shane Steichen was asked about what he saw in the Colts' defense, and that would lead one to believe that what he sees as a defensive coordinator in Gus Bradley is a guy that he presumably would want to work with. This is Shane Steichen back when Philadelphia came here to take on the Colts, talking about the Colts' defense and their leader. This week we're going against a really good defense. I believe uh, they're fifth in total defense. Uh, they're really good on third down. I believe they're fourth on third down. Uh, I got a ton of respect for Gus Bradley, the coordinator. I worked with him for four years uh, in L.A. Uh, hell of a football coach, hell of a human being. Um, looking forward to the challenge. Uh, I know our guys are excited for it. So, Kevin, we've got a better understanding also as to how the day kind of lays out for the Colts now, right? Yeah, 12.15 p.m. That will be the opening press conference. Um, and, again, Mark, I guess if you want to text the powers to be to confirm that we will carry that press conference live, I assume we would. Uh, Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard will be part of that press conference. So, 12.15, uh, we will hear from Shane Steichen for the first time as the Colts head coach. You mentioned Gus Bradley earlier, the connection there, four years together with the Chargers. They were opposing coordinators uh, in that 2020 season for the Chargers. And then if you look at – the other defensive staff members with the Chargers at that time. Currently, the Colts linebackers coach, Richard Smith and Ron Milas, their DB coach. So if Shane Sykin wants to maintain defensive continuity, he can easily do that from a coaching standpoint with Gus Bradley as the D coordinator. Again, Richard Smith as the linebackers coach. And then um, uh, Ron Milas as their DB coach. So uh, that is exactly um, how... Shane Steichen could maintain some continuity there. Obviously, we'll see about Bubba Ventrone. Um, but, uh, you know, I know I mentioned this yesterday and a little bit last week when it looked like Shane Steichen was going to be the favorite for this job, Jake. In today's league, and let's just focus on the AFC for a second. Of all seven teams that made the playoffs, Jake, all seven of, the, of them had a quarterback under the age of 27. And if you look at that group of teams, that doesn't even include a Deshaun Watson. doesn't even include Mac Jones. It doesn't include Kenny Pickett, all quarterbacks that I think if they made the playoffs next year, you wouldn't be totally stunned by it. The Colts have got to go out and get the answer at the most important position in sports. And the Shane Steichen resume offers you, I think, a lot of comfort and stability in knowing that his history with a variety of quarterbacks, I think that's the key. I know I was a big Brian Callahan fan throughout the process. What Shane Sykin has on his resume that Brian Callahan did not have is the variety of quarterbacks. Mentioned Norv Turner a few minutes ago. Norv Turner and Phillip Rivers' offense looks a whole lot different than what Justin Herbert did in 2020, or especially what Jalen Hurts did 
each of the last two years. So you don't pigeonhole yourself into, oh, we got to get this type of quarterback or we got to have this type of offense. Shane Sykin has proven throughout his decade in the NFL that he can do things with variety of quarterbacks, variety of offensive system, and in an ever-changing, innovative offensive game where quarterback means everything, the Colts had to go out and find a guy that, again, can provide the stability and comfort in developing whoever this draft pick is going to be. We will be, we will be carrying the press conference live whenever it happens, by the way. 12-15. Oh, there you go. Because the precedent Thank you, Mark. is there that he can work with quarterbacks of various styles, varying styles, I should say, does that, Kevin, now take away the necessity or alleviate the pressure of moving up to number one in the draft to get a – we have to get this quarterback. If there are – in this draft, if there are three, maybe four guys that you feel you can run with right away as quarterbacks, but they play varying styles, do you now have a coach where you're like, look, it's not as critical that we move up into the number one to be able to pick the definitive one that we want because we have a guy that can work with A, B, C, or D? Totally fair question. I still think if you have a guy that you feel like is on a tier above, Jake, you have to go up to one and get that guy. And I made this this whatever uh, analogy before, but just look at how Kansas City reacted to life with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. There came a point in time where they had to go and get the guy that even Andy Reid, as great of an offensive mind, can cover up everything. Kyle Shanahan, they went up to get Trey Lance. Again, Mahomes obviously in Kansas City. If Shane Steichen and the Colts and Chris Bauer believe that there is a guy out there that stands above the rest, you still go up there and get him. Now, to your point, though, the benefit is you don't walk into this process with, to steal the phrase from Chris Bauer from a month ago, with an end in sight. It's not like you are saying here, oh, only mobile quarterbacks will work. Or yeah, o- o- only pocket I, passers are going to work here. You know, one of the things You've got an open mind with him. He may be able to weigh in, Kevin, on the aspect of – I mean, I'm not saying he would do so publicly. But Shane Steichen may well have it within his mindset of, look, I had a quick-release laser thrower in Phillip Rivers. I had a rollout strong cannon – quote-unquote, arm talent in Justin Herbert. I had a quarterback draw, open things up with his legs in Jalen Hurts. And Shane Steichen may feel like, and I had success with all three of those guys, but the one that for me I found it easiest to have success, success with was blank. And then when you look at Richardson or Levis or Stroud, or young, he may say, the guy that plays the style of play that I found to be the one that was the most interchangeably successful is blank. And, and I would lean on that expertise. I mean, that that that's pretty invaluable to have somebody that might have that kind of a of a perspective on it. But I go back to it also is dependent upon who he feels comfortable hiring or bringing in as his coordinator. Yeah, I think. Questions you have, Jake, that one is a huge one. Again, he came from Nick Sirianni in Philly, where Sirianni initially called plays. Sirianni did not call plays, of course, prior, unlike Steichen. Called plays to begin his tenure in Philly. Thought too much was on his plate. Passed him off to Steichen. So how does that impact his influence here on that? I'll be very curious for that. Obviously, which quarterback are you going to draft? 
you know, what type of leader is he? You know, I'll never forget Frank Reich talking about Shane Steichen. This was several years ago, but Frank and Shane worked together with the Chargers. And Frank mentioned he's an extremely bright guy, but also said it's a little bit more like Nick Sirianni from a personality standpoint. Now, I don't think he's going to be cussing out opposing fans after a win or necessarily crying during the national anthem, but I think he is going to side a little bit more on the outward energy, outward exuberance, maybe the public accountability a little bit more than what you saw with Frank Reich. I still think the question is fair to ask, again, how will he delegate? How will he manage the entire operation? Something that Nick Sirianni, I think, has mastered very well in Philadelphia is they are great situationally, and they are uber, uber aggressive. Will those be things that we see from Shane Steichen? Now, one of the things that is the most critical of this, with the Colts, again, announcing within the last 20 minutes or so that they've hired Shane Steichen as their head coach, um, Mark, that means that you and I are now going to be out. How did we – the draft that we had, mm-hmm. I had the first overall pick. I took Raheem Morris. Yep. Which one of you drafted second? That was me. And you took – I took uh, Brian Callahan. Okay, and then Kevin was Shane Steichen your first or second? Yeah, pick? Shane Steichen three, and then who did I go? With? I go Wink Martindale four. Something <laughs> no, like he that. took Basashia next. Basashia four. Wink Martindale, Bubba Ventrone, Jake took more, Morris Saturday. Aaron Glenn with the Fever Dream and Jim Harbaugh as the dark horse, and I took Callahan, Evero, uh, Bienemy, and Kafka. So. That means because the wager was what the winner got what six pack of beer from six, the losers yeah, six pack from each. Now, have you decided, Kevin? What did did we determine that that we are? I think we should take PBR off the table since we're going to have a PBR party anyway, right? We don't want to overload you here. Smart, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Watch my so are we? Bit. Are you picking your I, you know, beer or are we getting you what we would like? I would like that. To be the case, I think both of you have some creative uh, minds, and I would appreciate your uh, whatever you think floats now, the boat. Now, Colt forty-five would appear to be appropriate, right? Uh, if you're going to go the forty route, I would appreciate just a bag with it. Okay, well that that comes standard, I think. Yeah, is that part but of it? But it needs to be a six-pack, though, right? I, you know, I'd prefer twelve beers. Because okay. usually by Friday it's gets about six beers by Sunday. Like a after. six pack of like the mini like gold schlagers or something like you. that. How about Little Kings? They still make Little Kings. Six pack of Four Loco. Get your heart racing a little bit. <laughs> Boy, I was gonna say I think it'll be you and Jake then moving forward if you give me a six pack of Four Loco. Um, I do think Jake, outside of do you retain Gus Bradley? Is Bubba Ventrone still here? What does he do on O line? Who's the O line hire? I I'd be stunned if it was Jeff Saturday. I know a lot of people bring that up. Jeff Saturday needs to be the position coach. I don't get that vibe at all from him. But we talked with Ross Tucker earlier. And we'll re-rack that to close things out here. Because I think there's some great Shane Steichen insight from Ross Tucker. Who, again, does um, Eagles TV during the preseason. What did Ross Tucker say to us on, if you could have a magic wand, what would Shane Steichen want to bring from Philly? Not Jalen Hurts. Not an elite pass-catching group, but he talked about their offensive line. That is a very stout group. Their O-line coach has been there and is well, well-respected for several seasons. Um, you know, Do you go the assistant O-line coach route there? I think that is obviously a critical hire because your veterans regressed last year and you need to continue the development of Bernard Ryman. So to me, 
Gus Bradley and Bubba Ventrone seem rather like, okay, yeah, that's probably the route you should go in those coordinators. I would argue offensive line, I'm more inter- interested to see who the hire is there than offensive coordinator. Unless your coordinator, I guess, is going to call plays. The coordinator, to me, is like I'm kind of fascinated by that. We it, know, I, I think we can safely say Gus Bradley's your D coordinator. If he calls plays, though, I would say plays more into that than me. I think the O-line coach is huge. It, for sure, the way they played last year, you're right. Just so much regression. Yeah, you're not kidding there. On that front. Um, this quote, will, again, this is from Frank Reich. States back a couple of years now, but in talking about Shane Steichen, he's a really, really smart, good football coach, a really good mind. He played quarterback in college. I would categorize him as one of the br- young, bright minds in this league, very much like Nick Sirianni. I mean, he and Nick are a lot alike, so you guys know what I think of Nick, and I put Shane kind of in that same category. And when Frank took the job here in Indy, Shane Steichen was kind of working his way up the ladder with the Chargers, became Phillip Rivers' position coach, and then eventually the offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert. In the last couple of years, he has been the Eagles' offensive coordinator for Jalen Hurts. Hope springs eternal when it comes to coaching hires, right? It's a great point. This is like the first layer of hope the Colts have had in months. Yeah. This is it. And when you think about the trend around today's NFL, Jake – Again, there are questions to have about Shane Steichen, obviously. But look at the final eight teams in the playoffs each of the last two years. Offensive mind, offensive mind. And young guys, typically, right? And young. And considering the revolving door you've had at the most important position in sports, providing that stability. The the biggest pro to this hire is if and when this offense gets good, you're not going to have turnover with the system. The system is always going to be in place for however long – this quarterback and Shane Steichen are paired together. You know, Sean McVay kind of, it's a trend-setting league, right? It's a copycat league. Sean McVay, you know, the young, kind of cool, energetic coach. And I know that that was just a year ago, but like all of a sudden, to your point, you look at the youth of the co- I never thought I'd see it. Like the day of the majority of elite level teams in the NFL, I realized that Andy Reid just won the Super Bowl and it's been around a long time. But it's a youth movement at the coaching position. I mean, guys, who is the oldest Colts player on the roster? Hmm. Boy, my guess would be maybe Rodney McLeod at safety. He's like 32. 30. Well, I assume you mean that Matt Ryan's gone. Well, I mean that- – you know, last year would have been Matt Ryan at 37, Foles and Rodney McLeod, I think, were 32 and 33. But now that I think about it, I think Rodney McLeod's a free agent, too. Uh, but boy, that's a good question. You know who's got to be closest? Probably R- Ryan Kelly. I mean, Matt Ryan was born on May 17th of 1985. Yeah, he's four years older than me. I'm, I'm 33. Well, he is, he is six days. He was born six days after Shane Steichen. So how about that? I mean, you got a third youngest coach in the NFL right now. Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, Sean McVay with the Rams. He's the third? Yes. 